Welcome to the ride. Life, Work, and Wealth podcast with your host, Chris Rowe. Years ago, Chris was a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow, and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives in Burlington, Ontario, and is an investment advisor at Three Hats Financial, a trade name of Harborfront Wealth Management, an IROC dealer. Let's get to it. In many cases, the travel bug had to sit out the last year or so because of COVID. But more people are getting passports, plane tickets, train tickets, and just hopping in the car to go somewhere. Chris DeRoe's guest this episode is travel specialist Holly McBean, a 40-year veteran of the business. Holly has been a travel counselor, professor at Lambton College, and the Career Academy in Sarnia, as well as a vice president of training at Travel Only. She holds a certified travel counselor designation and accredited cruise counselor degrees. She's also been named travel agent of the year twice by colleagues in the industry. Chris, I'm really looking forward to this discussion because travel has been such a hot topic. Thanks, Patrice. Myself as well. This has definitely been a topic I have have had many people, clients, friends, family talking about, and uh, everyone's just asking a lot of questions about it because it's changing a lot and there's just so many conflicting answers out there on what's going on in the world of travel. So I'm definitely very happy to have someone such as Holly with the, her experience on the show to con- come and answer these questions on this popular topic. Like how I feel is that after 9-11, we saw uh, travel requirements change quite a bit and the new normal eventually just became normal. So I would expect to see this similar phenomenon with post-corona, the post-coronavirus world. Um, I know many people that traveling is a really big part of them and they're just waiting to be able to travel again. Like I I know um, in the beginning of 2020, I had a number of retirees, like they've been working how many years uh, thinking of retirement and finally getting to that stage, they can just start traveling and not have to worry about work and all of that. And they retired January of 2020. And then before they know it, everything completely gets shut down and they have yet been able to travel in their years, uh, their beginning of their retirement. So anyways, Holly, let's get going on this. And I will start by going over what it was like, which I can't even imagine the stress of being a travel agent in March, 2020. Uh, I imagine it was probably one of the toughest times of your career. So what was it like back when this started to hit? Yes, it was an extremely busy year, Chris, as you can imagine. In my career, I'd been involved with numerous tour operator demises, the SARS, 9-11, as you mentioned, weather-related issues such as the volcano eruptions, which changed flight operations, just to name a few. So my thoughts originally were that COVID would be contained and we would continue on as normal within four to six months. Unfortunately, that was not the case, and we found ourselves canceling immediate travel plans waiting for cruise lines and countries to shut down operations and cancel travel. We then had to obtain future travel vouchers, fight for partial or full refunds, if if at all, and also rebook for alternate dates. And many of the companies we used asked for commissions to be returned prior to obtaining those vouchers. Many hours were spent on hold trying to get through to the companies also, and I personally had my cell and two other work lines often on hold for hours on end. Uh, I couldn't even imagine. Would you say that is probably the most stressful 
time in your 40-year career? Yes, most definitely the most stressful of my career. And, uh, and of course, all the advisors that I was assisting at that time through Travel Only, we have a network of over 600 home-based agents across Canada. Wow. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine, but I know the people that you were you were working hard for must have definitely appreciated that because that was stressful times with everyone not knowing what the heck was going on. So I, I can't even imagine. But now, definitely one question that's going to be on everyone's mind here is when it comes to traveling, shortly after that word comes vaccine. <laughs> so as of now, what do you know about the vaccines and travel and how do you keep up? Because I assume that this is changing all the time and that also with it changing all the time, each country is probably different as well. This is true. And it's like, obviously, a moving target at any given time. And I can see where there's going to be a vaccine passport and accepted proof that will be prevalent for future travel to many countries in order to stop the spread of this disease. Mass hand sanitizers, social distancing will still be the norm for some time after this. And we need to rely on the government of Canada and the countries we are visiting to keep us updated with the requirements prior to booking a client and also keep watching on any changes after they have actually made their original booking. So this is definitely something that's going to be uh, looked at regularly with all the different countries and their regulatory bodies. And they have to come together and come up with an agreement as to which vaccines are going to be accepted and uh, which types of vaccine passports are going to be required. So then people will be most likely in some, not maybe not all areas, but there is going to be some restrictions if you're not double vaccinated. Yes, I do see this as being an issue. And at this time, the CDC is still working with the cruise lines as to accepted vaccines. Right at this time, as of today, you know, podcast, those with an AstraZeneca and the second dose Moderna or Pfizer may have challenges with cruising, but not to other countries. So this is something that's still being reviewed and looked at. And uh, we are hopeful as agents that we're going to be able to get this uh, taken care of very soon so clients can start cruising again. So someone could be on a cruise and if you had AstraZeneca and Pfizer, you could be allowed in some countries that the cruise goes to, but not others? Not the cruise itself. Actually, right now, CDC has said it has to be two of the same vaccines to get on board the ship itself. Uh, So, So we might be able to travel to Barbados, for instance, with the two different variant shots. However, we won't be able to get on a cruise ship. Oh, okay. I had it backwards. Okay. Wow. That's, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> that, that's just, that's a huge thing. Just trying to keep up on those vaccine protocols. I can't even imagine with how fast that's changing all the time. So, Yes. We're on constant webinars just to be able to keep up on all the uh, regulatory issues. And also each individual um, cruise line has its own regulations, all the different hotels have different protocols. And of course, each country has different regulations. So it's something we have to be on top of all the time as travel advisors. Wow. Now, what about children? Well, at this time, children under 12 are exempt as they're working on a vaccine that's safe for that age group. And once this is available, I do believe we will see this as a requirement for many countries also. But they are uh, wanting every child over 12 to have a vaccine for many countries at this time. And now you leave Canada and come back 
as of today, because we know this is also changing a lot. Do you know exactly like, what are the quarantine protocols? Say you're flying out of Toronto, out of country, and I, does it is it different between which country you're visiting, or is the the, the quarantine protocols the same regardless once you leave the Canadian border and come back? that the quarantine protocols are the same. Speaking primarily of Canada, as of today, as you know, the hotel quarantine was lifted if you're double vaccinated. Um, However, a certified COVID test is required for entry back into Canada. And a lot of the countries that were going to require a COVID negative test to when you arrive into the country, and they will provide another test for us before we come home within 72 hours. So that's what it's like today. And we are hopeful that things will be changing in the near future with these vaccine passports with more, um, more antigen tests available and uh, the different things that they're talking about with foreign nationals in general. But as you know, the American citizens can cross the border today with a vaccine passport and not have to quarantine. They do have to take a test when they arrive into Canada, report that on the ArriveCan app. And from there, they're good to go on their way within uh, basically 24 to 48 hours. Now, theme parks, I've been seeing on social media, Disney and pictures and stuff like that. What about them? What does the coronavirus era now normal look inside their gates? It's, uh, it's quite interesting, actually, to see how they've adapted. <clears throat> Disney and University, Universal Studios, along with most of the Florida attractions, has taken protocols for the cleanliness and to protect their guests to the max. Disney recommends that you use their Park Pass reservation system, and they have limited capacity for some of their parks and attractions at this time. And they've even closed some of their shows in order to ensure safety of the guests for the shows that they could not you know, contain the guests in certain areas. So they do have a disclaimer of health for each head of household that has to read and sign off before they actually go into the park each day. And if any of the guests are ill or not feeling well, they're not allowed to go in. And uh, they are a little bit more flexible with those park passes than they used to be because of this. They know that that can happen and they want to ensure safety for everyone. So um, Disney, of course, has always had a wonderful system where you have, it looks like a watch on a watch band and you can actually preset two, uh, two rides at a time and or certain features that they have on the go. So it's really quite interesting to see how they have come out with these new protocols and really been working with them. Yeah. I've, I've heard that some of these theme parks, they're like creating like even virtual lines for, for the attractions and for the rides, Yes, which that, that's yes. obviously very different. Uh, right. So that, that's interesting. Like they're doing what they can to adapt, obviously, but I definitely would, wouldn't, I definitely would prefer that than baking in the sun for hours for a five minute ride. So that's definitely a positive. That's true. Uh, yes, you're right. <laughs> and now for flying. So what should people be expecting for flying? And I know for many people, it's going to like, initially it's probably going to feel pretty odd all of a sudden sitting beside a stranger for a few hours and then even getting that tray with food on it. And now we're moving your mask and even eating beside a stranger. If there is like, I imagine the very long flights, they have to have food, don't they? Or how, how is all that working now? 
Well, at this time, a longer waiting time to get through security and checking in is uh, definitely going to be the norm for a while. And that's due to the constant cleaning of the airport check-in terminals and baggage services. Obviously, you can check in online on your telephone, which is great on your cell. But as far as the baggage services go, there is a SKU that goes onto your bag that has to come out of the machine. You have to tag your bag. Someone has to go in and clean that terminal before the next guest comes in and uses that. So that's going to take a little bit of time. And once you, um, you're you in the airport, you have to wear a mask. And of course, when you get to the aircraft itself, you must wear a mask when you're not eating or drinking on board the, the actual aircraft. I have heard from some of my coworkers who have flown recently that a lot of people get on the plane and just take their mask off. So I'm really not sure how comfortable some people will be traveling with alternate guests with that type of you know, thing happening on the plane. Myself, I would prefer that they wear the mask, you know, during the entire flight, unless they are eating. A lot of the airlines actually had no food available for purchase. And uh, I always encourage most of my clients, once they clear through security, to go to one of the lines and pick out some a meal and uh, some water drinks that they want to have on board the aircraft so they can wipe it down in advance with their their wipe and hand sanitizer if they feel uncomfortable and then carry it on board the plane themselves. So it's definitely, I know the protocols on the aircraft, their cleanliness and service is going to be amazing as far as, you know, them having the new uh, types of of um, respirator services through the aircraft itself for the airflow. They definitely are spraying down with a type of antibacterial uh, solution and making sure that everyone is in place before they get on the plane, which has caused a few delays, of course, in air travel itself. So let's go back to that because I know with airplanes, that's just the stereotype of it is that the recycled air, many people always feel or get sick after a flight because they're always talking about that recycled air. Now you mentioned uh, of all airlines, well, at least in Canada, have they, they've changed how that the air is recycled or, or filtered is what you're mentioning? Yes. Yes, they have. They've come out with a new, um, a new system that they have, uh, HEPA filter technology. That was the word I was coming up with, HEPA filter technology. And uh, it, it airflows every two to three minutes. So they're using the airplane fuselage and mixes with air recycled in the cabin. And obviously, it's not going to bring entirely fresh air in, but the constant flow of fresh air in and venting out mixes with the recycled air is going to be more fresh in the air than you normally would have on an aircraft. And again, they're using a, a lot of peroxide solutions in, in a wand that they're going through the airline with the cabin itself to get on the backs of the seats, on your, your hand rest, your your trays, all of that has all been taken care of again before you get back on. I know myself, I've always carried wipes and that with me. So I always wipe down all those areas as soon as I got on an aircraft, even before all of this happening. So it's just nice to take your own things that you're really comfortable with, such as having your own disposable mask and hand sanitizer and a bottle of water. At least those few things will make you feel a little bit more comfortable on a plane and, uh, and have a little bit more um, security on board. I can't tell you how good you just made me feel, Holly, that you, that, cause I felt like Tina and I, my Tina is my wife. 
we're the only ones that did that when we get on and take out the disinfectant wipes and baby wipes and be wiping everything down. I'd be looking around and nobody else was doing it. <laughs> and I would feel like, oh, okay, we just looked at really paranoid people. So I'm glad to hear that someone with your experience does that as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have for years, actually. I just always felt that was a little bit more of a comfort zone that we had while traveling. Okay. So that's definitely quite a few changes. And one of the biggest ones, I guess, too, is that like, these fl- these flights are full. There's no more spare seats, or they're trying to keep a spare seat in between each of everyone. So, the the wait times are going to be like you're you're going to have to give yourself even more wait time than than previous. But they are full flights now. They have been a lot more f- fuller than they were originally for a long time last year, and into the early part of this year, um, WestJet and Air Canada had the the uh, idea to make sure that there was only every other seat occupied. And now they really want to start filling those seats as they've lost so much income with the, uh, you know, the closure of, of a lot of areas of the world. Yeah. Okay. Now cruises, we touched on that in the beginning, but what tips are you giving your clients that are booking? And I'm like, are you, are they booking cruises in 2021? I know some of my clients have booked 2022 cruises, but what tips are you giving them and what should they do if they decide to book now? Well, they've just started actually operating with limited capacity and strict protocols. And this is areas such as Athens, Greece, uh, Barbados, and some Caribbean islands. So this is all before the U.S. ports opened. So they had started in those areas. And a number of my coworkers have just been to Greece and they felt very comfortable. They showed all kinds of great video on the ships they were on, very few people in a lot of the areas. So they felt really comfortable in traveling. And uh, for 2022, I've been booking a lot of cruises. I myself have two booked and uh, some because I had to, of course, use my future travel voucher from 2021. But uh, also because I just want to ensure that, you know, I had the same experience that everyone else is going to have. So uh, what they're saying right now is that any guests have to provide a negative COVID test prior to boarding and also provide one 72 hours prior to the departure. And the cruise lines also have a travel with confidence policy. Each one of them has a different name for it, but travel with confidence is kind of a a primary one for one of the larger lines. And for 2021 uh, bookings, which you can cancel and rebook for an alternate time if the traveler is ill or experiencing symptoms. And for 2022, just make sure that your travel professional advises the most current regulations for the line that you're going to be booking and also purchase travel coverage to protect your investment. This is very important as a lot of people said, well, you know what, Holly, I'm still going to travel. doesn't matter what happens. I don't think anyone saw this forthcoming. So the insurance has certainly been uh, good for certain persons that have been able to cancel with medical conditions themselves. But for those that just wanted to cancel due to COVID, they receive future travel vouchers. And one of the nice things I'm finding is that all the staff on board, the cruise lines must be double vaccinated prior to boarding, and they take numerous COVID tests each week. So you can feel more confident that the staff that is serving you on a cruise ship is going to be you know, safe and keep you safe. Okay, that, great. So you've touched on a topic that is definitely on my list here, and that's been a popular question. 
let's start talking about cancellations and travel insurance because I know that's definitely on a lot of people's minds. So you just touched on that a bit with the cruise line, but let's go back here, Holly, for a sec. Now, whether it's a, f- and I know it's going to pro, it's going to obviously be different for a f- whether it's a flight, a hotel, a resort, sorry, or a cruise, but people start booking this, they start getting the confidence, and now a fourth wave hits. That this is. Some people are going to be a little gun shy with this because some people went through, as you know, obviously a lot of headache trying to get money back or even a voucher or anything like that. Where where do we stand with this in the sense to how do people have the confidence to book that know if that fourth wave happens again that they're getting their money back or at least at least another voucher? Okay, well, we'll start with the first part of the question. Uh, We're seeing that our tour operators, hotels and airlines are being a lot more flexible in order to gain the confidence in travelers. So they're to always ensure when you're booking that you have the disclaimer for each of the services that you purchase, because depending on where you have booked uh, and through which avenue will, you know, have a different policy than another. So um, many are outlined that cancellation within a specific timeline as future travel vouchers, but with the purchase of their coverage, a refund back to the original type of payment will be made. So that's one nice peace of mind for most that are looking at a possible fourth wave situation for this fall. At least the tour operators have looked at that. You know, if you're booking a package tour, they have all kinds of great um, options in place for the for the guest. Now, when we get into insurance, I know you have a question re- regarding that, so we'll wait and go into that piece of it after. Yeah, and I'll get to that in a sec. Now, the other thing is, I'm assuming these companies are going to definitely be more open to the last minute cancellate. Well, I'm hoping they will be the last minute cancellations because obviously before pre COVID. If you you wouldn't even think of trying to cancel last minute unless you absolutely had to for for example airlines because the hefty fees that would follow. So I would think the airlines would it would be in their best interest and everybody else's that they're definitely more flexible on this. If people wanted to cancel, maybe even the day of or the day before because they weren't feeling well, as opposed to them thinking, well, I only have a cough or, or something and I don't want to lose my money. So I'm just going to just hop on the flight and I'm sure everything's going to be okay. And I would think theme parks, like everything is in everyone's best interest if they're more flexible, if people aren't feeling well to not go to a resort or a theme park or a flight. Exactly. So um, I'm recommending now my clients as they normally have to take a COVID test prior to traveling about three days prior to cancel at least three days in advance. They'll know from their test if they're they're positive, obviously. And, uh, and you know, if they just have a sore throat or they're feeling that, um, you know, they're not really coming down with something. It was just a small, small item. The COVID test came back negative. They're feeling comfortable to travel. They can still cancel up to last the last minute. However, it's easier if they do three days beforehand. But uh, as you know, anyone can become ill and the sooner the better that you cancel, it certainly makes it easier on the airlines and the, the services sold that they can resell that product if possible. But the resorts and the airlines, of course, don't want to expose anyone to an Ill, Ill passenger. And it falls under the disclaimer of each carrier and tour operator, which, of course, us as travel professionals have to advise to our clients when they're making the booking. So, for instance, with airlines, they have numerous fare types. They have your non-refundable airfare. They have your flexible fare. They have your fully refundable fare. So, 
That again is something that the travel advisor needs to tell the client at time of booking so they know what they fall under. And a non-refundable fare, they will allow you to often just take a future travel voucher, whereas the refundable fare, of course, you will get your money back and be able to rebook with any carrier when you're ready. Okay. So it's good to hear that they're, they obviously are adapting to this because of the circumstances. So that's good that the flexibility has increased for that. I just, like even before COVID, you'd be on a plane, you never, you were always very thankful if you were sitting in the back or the front and you heard someone hacking the whole way in the flight. So I can't even imagine now if someone on that plane is, is coughing quite a bit. Uh, but good to see that they're definitely offering much more flexibility. Now, Yes. Big question here, the travel insurance. So in regards to that, number one, is COVID covered? And I know different carriers are going to have different protocols and things like that. It's important for people to really check their coverage, but I'm, is COVID covered under most of these coverages? Do you have to only, I imagine you'd only have, you'd have to be vaccinated to be covered for any of this coverage or not? Okay. At this time, uh, each insurance company has their own regulations regarding COVID. As you mentioned, numerous companies are, have variable you know, ways they want to handle the COVID situation. Uh, we use Manulife for our, our travel company, and they do offer COVID coverage and also cancellation options. Uh, they have sent out uh, you know, regulations in regards, to, in regards to vaccinations at this time. They really haven't seen um, and up well recently there's an uptick obviously in vaccinations in Canada so they are looking at what this will look like forthcoming so there might be a lower cost for those that are vaccinated and a higher cost for those that are not but we haven't seen that as of today we're still waiting okay and so it is covered then if someone gets covid yes whether they're vaccinated or not it sounds like they're they're covering the, the cost? If, if you purchase their coverages, yes. So there, there are some that are already covered by the tour operators that are enticing passengers to start booking their trips for this year and into next year. And uh, again, my manual life is still waiting on a number of different policies to come to place with them before we can start handing out all the type of information on the various policies that they sell. But they do have COVID coverage. And I've always been a big advocate that you don't travel without the insurance. You don't chance it. And that was before COVID. I definitely would think that it's even more important now to have it. And it's just not worth chancing. It's something no brainer that you have to have this coverage travel. Agreed 100%. Uh, I've always purchased a yearly policy as we travel frequently, obviously with work and, uh, and leisure travel ourselves. But it, it's something that, you know, once you turn after the age of 60, which I am now, um, you know, you look a little bit more at it to make sure that it is going to give you full coverage for everything that you possibly need while you're away out of the country. And now pricing. So have you noticed much increases because everything around us today seems to be more expensive. So I'm going to assume that obviously everything to do with traveling has most likely gone up compared to pre-COVID prices. And I would just think that this will also just cause a bit more of a ripple effect that if there is still less people traveling because of fear or cost, that things like restaurants and hotels and everything around those that support the travel industry will have their prices increased. Have you noticed that? 
I have noticed some of the services that we sell somewhat higher from other years, but just mostly for Christmas and March break vacation packages at this time. The airlines are very, um, you know, frugal and making sure that clients are still wanting to travel. So they're enticing us with some better deals. As with the cruise lines, uh, they've suffered being shut down so long. And of course, with all the publicity, with the way they handled the cases at the beginning of COVID, you know, they lost a lot of travelers, um, you know, uh, feelings to go on them. And they're now enticing them to book their cruise experience by giving them some extras, you know, like free, uh, free gratuities or extra shipboard credit or Wi-Fi, things like that, so that they will feel more comfortable. Um, you know, we're currently uh, having all kinds of early booking deals and cancellation options with the vacation packages. And we're finding a lot of those are already sold out. I am surprised with how busy they are for 2022. Well, that's good to hear. I did. A lot of people too, though, have a lot of saved up money because they haven't been able to travel for so long. And as I mentioned at the beginning, traveling is a big part for a lot of people's lives. So I know there's a lot of people chomping at the bit, getting ready to want to travel again. And just they have the money saved because they haven't been able to travel in the last year and a half or so. So I, 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 that part doesn't surprise me. That's good to hear that the price that you're seeing that there's some deals and they're not trying to gouge people significantly. So that's great to hear. No, and the big bucket list items, you know, the Africa safaris and uh, Tahiti, you know, the islands and Fiji and beautiful spots that are a little bit smaller in size are actually uh, not the African safaris, mind you, but the, the Tahitian trips, the Fiji, the, the Mauritius, the, um, you know, all the smaller islands are really hot right now. And uh, they're bringing out some great deals for people to go. And I think that feeling confident that there are less, there's going to be a lot less traffic and a lot less travelers to those areas are going to certainly be, you know, prevalent in our sales. I know sanitation and cleanliness has always been a concern for travelers, but I would think that a lot of these places are, have really obviously upped their game on that because they have not had any choice, but they also want to increase confidence with travelers Will there be difference in like ratings and reviews on this to kind of educate people more on the cleanliness of certain facilities? I'm noticing too that there's definitely an increase everywhere for contact-free technology. So I'm assuming we're just going to keep seeing that continue to increase. Have, have you noticed a different, like on how a, a consumer can educate themselves more on how cleanly clean a facility is compared to another one when they're comparing resorts versus the regular three, four, five-star ratings? It definitely. Um, every large chain hotel already had some form of hands-free check-in, whether or not the consumer decided to use it or not. Um, this is extremely important for large properties. Uh, so guests can sign in on their cell phone and some can even pick a room. Like with the Hilton chain, for instance, I used them a couple of years ago and I was able to just pinpoint the room I wanted away from the elevator or near the elevator, things like that, which was really neat. Um, they also show all their protocols at destinations. So if you just Google, what Google's my best friend, obviously in my business, uh, you know protocols for Marriott hotels, for instance, and it will pop up with all the different things they're doing today in order to make 
the guests feel safe. A lot are not even bringing the towels into a room. The towel deliveries are done outside of your room. And if you want your room cleaned, you you click a button before you leave your room, and that will alert the staff at the hotel to come in and clean your room while you're out. So those are, are some really neat and unique things that they're doing at this point. And I know with um, guests that are going to large resorts with deck chairs and pools, uh, pool chairs on the beach, they're actually going in and using that same type of sanitizer that I mentioned on the aircraft with a peroxide solution that will not irritate your skin. And they'll come and they'll take care of that as each guest leaves, which is really nice. So I think that you'll have a lot more confidence in hotel stays. And uh, of course, restaurants, they've gone through a total change, especially with those buffets. Uh, mask wearing, hand sanitizer is a must for all the employees who are, of course, double vaccinated. And they're working uh, very diligently to make sure all staff falls falls under all those regulations or they're let go. Many use TripAdvisor and Monarch for reviews, but I know I prefer to use the information on the hotel site right now because it can be inaccurate depending on the posting. A lot of times you'll go into a TripAdvisor review and you'll see a posting, but it might have been for 20 18. And it's totally changed since then, right? So it's a good idea to just go onto the website of the hotel. Okay, good. Well, that sounds so these these wands of the peroxide sounds like that. If they're using the peroxide to clean everything, you're gonna have a lot of people walking around with blonde body hair. Hopefully not. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very diluted solution, okay, but great. still, um, you know, better than having uh, something that's all, you know, a, another type of solution that will irritate your skin. <laughs> no. Um, now, what about within? Just we're going to wrap up here soon because I know we're getting a, a little mm-hmm. long. A lot of people right now traveling the summer, but within Canada, is there much difference between the provinces or anything people should be aware of? Like they're going to be obviously traveling in their own vehicle. But what about just traveling within Canada through the different provinces? Yes, each province has their own regulations as to um, entry into their province, whether it be by air or by car. And it's best to go on to the Government of Canada website in order to see that. It outlines each province. For some time, actually, Manitoba and Saskatchewan were not allowing anyone to cross their border unless they were an essential traveler. That has uh, been a little bit more lifted now at this point. But I do believe that uh, there's still some regulations that you need to be aware of. So go on to the the COVID site for the government of Canada and it's all there for them. Perfect. Now, pre-COVID, I would always use a travel agent whenever I traveled. Mostly, I mostly travel for conferences and stuff. And I just always found it easier having someone with, with the experience to avoid a lot of headache, especially for someone like me that didn't travel a lot and really just having everything organized. And uh, I definitely got quite a bit of use out of, out of my travel agent that we both know, uh, Holly that is uh, no longer in the business. And, and um, I also like just, like I said, just having that one resource. So if for my listeners, if they're interested in working with someone or they've never used a travel agent, how does that work? Because after listening to this, I would think that it even makes more sense to be working with an agent because you just have a whole bunch of other factors that we didn't have to deal with before. And listening to all these updates and trying to figure this all out sounds uh, quite intensive. So like I said, I imagine it's even more important. But for listeners that have never worked with an agent, how does it work? Like, And is there a flat fee? Does it cost more to work with an agent? How does all of that work for someone that's never used one? 
Okay. Well, each uh, travel professional has their own you know, type of business plan that they want to follow. So I know with myself as a travel professional, I want to ensure the perfect vacation for each client. And the customer service for me is paramount. The services we sell often pay a commission, though it is much lower or in the case of airlines, non-existent. So for those, many advisors will charge a fee for their service, which is paid through the company, like a consolidator for airline travel. They bulk buy those flight costs, and they're going to end up putting their fee into the cost that the consumer pays, which is usually very comparable and very seamless uh, in, in comparable ways to what the airline charges itself online. So travel advisors can offer a planning fee for a more involved itinerary. And this is always discussed up front if this is part of their service. And in the majority of sales, there's no additional fees incurred. And the travel traveler obviously has a worry-free vacation knowing their advisor has taken the necessary steps to qualify them for their vacation needs and then book their package dream or vacation dream. Even after the sale, the advisor is following up, ensuring documents are in place and checking regulations. And we always keep in touch with our clients because it's very important to make sure they've been satisfied with their vacation. Yeah. And that's exactly, and I've had nothing, I have nothing but good things to say about using the agent. It's helped me immensely <laughs> traveling and even with off hours and things like that. So I really appreciate the work that you guys do. I think. A pleasure having you today on the show, Holly. I really appreciate you coming on and answering these important questions for our listeners. Uh, you provide some really great insight on how to travel in this new world. And if someone wants to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Well, it's easiest for uh, me to respond back with my email. So it's hmcbean at travelonly.com. And the spelling of my name is hm as in Mary, C, B as in boy, E-A-N as in November at travelonly.com. Then I will respond back with an email that I have received your request and be able to call, call you and help you out with your travel plans. I'd be more than pleased to do so. Holly, that was fantastic information. Thank you. Chris, blonde body hair? Really? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Travel specialist Holly McBean with your host of this podcast, The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth, Chris Durow. And to make sure you get the latest episode, follow or subscribe to the show. And of course, you can also share with others. And please comment. Thank you for listening to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of Harborfront Wealth Management. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Please seek advice from your accountant regarding anything raised in the content of the podcast regarding your individual tax situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.